The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Broadcasting live from the Toscano Cigar Soundstage in Salem, New Hampshire, USA. And broadcasting around the world, this is the Cigar Authority. Transmitting since 2010, the Cigar Authority is the longest-lasting cigar podcast ever. Grab a cigar and light them up, light them up, light them up. This is the Cigar Authority. Light them up, light them up, light them up, everybody. Saturday, October 29. 2022 and today every cigar has a story but no story is controversial as the Cohiba story lawsuits prices and the most ripped off brand in history and joining us today is the guy that took me on my first trip to Cuba he's the former chief editor for cigar journal cigar researcher author owner of twins engine coffee runs trips to Cuba Nicaragua cigar trips everywhere Colin Ganley welcome everybody to the Cigar Authority. I'd like to uh, seek permission before I do my regular read. I'd like to treat him as a hostile witness we right may. out of the gate. <laughs> we may. Because he's a very contentious person. No, he is not. He is not. <laughs> You're listening to the Cigar Authority now in its 13th year, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast. Awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine. Awarded the Top 10 Educational Podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world. Cigar Radio at its finest, the Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network, and you catch the podcast on demand at any time or our daily blog at thecigarauthority.com. What a nice surprise hearing from you that said you're in town yeah, and uh, you'll pop in because of a controversial show that we have here on Cohiba. Well, I thought it was appropriate. You and I uh, sampled a lot of Cohibas when we, we went sure to Cuba. Did. We and, sure did. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, this is such a controversial issue. It is. So uh, let's get into it. Um, is this the first time live on the show? Yeah, I've, I, I called in yeah. in the early days, I yeah. think. Uh, but yeah, first time being here. All right. I kind of remember there being a bird in the background when you called in. Probably, yeah. Shut up. He could yeah. have been just giving you the finger. Because <laughs> you're living in Nicaragua. I live in Nicaragua, yeah. So there's there are usually birds in the background whenever I call in on, on, a, on a radio show or, or podcast. But yeah, this is the first time here. I love it. The, the studio is fantastic. I love that you've got a coffee shop in here and, yeah, and yeah. The, the whole gang. It's, it's great. Not, it's not a... We started off as a fantastic coffee shop carrying Twins Engine Coffee. Yeah. And we just couldn't keep a barista. Yeah. And the next thing you know, there becomes a Keurig coffee. Wah, wah. But what are we going to do? <laughs> well, the labor shortages are everywhere. I mean, there's labor shortages in Nicaragua, in Cuba. Yes. Up here, it's hard to retain people. Right. I mean, it's, it's tough. It's a global thing. And I offered you coffee, but you brought your own. It was a good call. <laughs> I, I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good call. Um, all right. So uh, today we are going to talk about Cohiba, and I have a book here. This is the book on Cohiba. I got a lot of the reference material I got from this book. Uh, this was written by – go ahead, Mr. Jonathan. Give me, give me that. This is uh, <laughs> Gelio. Argelio. Yeah, that. Garrido. Argelio Garrido. De la Grana. That's right. Hmm. So what can I call him for short? Gus. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough one. And um, I tried um, to interview him before in Cuba to, and tape it to get him on here. Never, never could make that happen. Because um, so, uh, he's uh, no habla inglés? He does. 
very intelligent guy. And, um, well, just it, because it, you know, don't speak English doesn't mean you're not intelligent. Well, what Colin <laughs> said to us before the show even started is a lot of times they don't like to talk about it. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. What they don't want to talk about, we're going to talk about. So well, let's get to it. Uh, we're going to light up our first cigar today. And it is a Cohiba. Barry, what do we have here? Well, today's first cigar is the Cohiba, Connecticut, and it's manufactured in the Dominican Republic by General Cigar. The size is a 5.5 by 50 Robusto that features an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, San Andreas binder, and fill is consistent of Brazilian Matafina, Dominican Piloto Cabano, and Nicaraguan. It is part of the Cigar Authority Care Package. A single will set you back twenty three sixty nine. <clears throat> wow. While a five-pack is one oh nine ninety nine, which comes out to twenty one ninety nine per cigar. That's a savings of almost ten dollars or seven percent on two guyscigars.com. If you're too far away from a brick and mortar retailer that carries it, go to two guyscigars.com. That's the number two guyscigars.com. Almost the cost of their care package right here. Yeah. <laughs> in the cigar. Before we get to once you figure like, shipping in, it is the cost of their care package. Yeah, yeah. Um, so before we get to it, Gus, um, <laughs> is that what we're going with right here? <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he is a lawyer. He is a chief legal officer, or was the chief legal officer for, for the Tabacuba uh, in Habanos. Uh, today he is a, a professor of industry property. So if you want to know who owns what, this is the guy that knows uh, what's going on. Uh, as I say, I tried to interview him in Cuba. It did not happen. Uh, I went through the book a couple of times so that I, I understood um, what he's saying here. But keep in mind that this is his interpretation of it. Um, the book takes and tells the path between 1997 and 2016 of the brand Cohiba. It started off as a gift from the Cuban government in the 70s. Later, some believe was stolen by General Cigar the brand we're smoking here, um, and by the late Edgar Cullman, my friend Edgar Cullman passed away, um, who owned General Cigar at the time. Today, Cohiba is the pride and joy of Cuban cigars. It's second to only Bejique, and we'll get to the Bejique part of it later on. Uh, Cohiba now is three times the price of what it once was, and you should expect to pay about $100 for a Cohiba Toro. Would you say that's about right now? Yeah, outside of Cuba, yeah. Yep. Um, uh, or else it's a fake. If you're getting those um, $5 dollar cigars, yeah. it, it, it's not real. Uh, Cohiba, um, um, today, small production numbers uh, are happening with the Cohiba brand and all Cuban cigars. Um, and if you're getting them on the beach... They're fake, and we'll get a little into that into that fake thing later on. So, but I, uh, I think as a percentage of of the portfolio, Cohiba has grown hugely. So, like Cuban cigars in general are getting less and less each year, but Cohiba as a percentage is has become a monster. It okay. used to be the expensive one; yes. a small number were sold. But today, because they're producing so few, they're just selling the most expensive ones. It's might who make more Cohibas. Yeah. Okay, so maybe that number is actually up. Cohiba is up, and, and Cuban cigars are down. Well, when you, when they report their annual figures, they always say volume is down, revenue is up. Oh, <laughs> beautiful! <laughs> and so, Cohiba would be an obvious explanation. for All that. right, okay, all right. It's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by our friends at Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo was the brand, while all other brands were raising prices. Perdomo cut out the federal S chip tax, and they actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellence. Okay. 
You got a lighter and a cutter there, Colin? Yes? I have a lighter here, yeah. Okay. Yep, and I brought my own cutter. All, All right. right. <laughs> this wrapper, it's a Connecticut wrapper from Ecuador, but it's on the brown side, isn't it? Yes. It's got a nice, it almost looks like uh, like a classic Cuban type of, um, like a Habano seed type of wrapper, but with a lighter, like a lighter version of that, or, yeah. or a very dark Connecticut. A little bit of atomic fireball on that cold draw cinnamon. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I got, you know, the, the uh, balsa wood airplanes oh, yeah. you put yeah. together? If you sucked on a balsa wood airplane. Have you done that? I have. I probably yeah, have. Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan sucked on wood before. Right? That balsa wood mm-hmm. aroma is, is what I'm getting. All right, let's light her up. We're going to light our cigar today with the Chroma by Lotus featuring single action. Two jets angled for pinpoint accuracy. Those jets are fueled by the patented Vertigo big-ass tank at the bottom. Football bullet punch and easy adjustment, all for the low price of $39.99. That is the Chroma by Lotus. Which this lighter goes perfect with this white on the Cohiba band. Or Cohiba red dot, right? This is what you hear people call this the red dot because in the word Cohiba, the O has a red dot within it. We'll get into that. Uh, also, and, and another red dot on the back. Add it onto it, right? Yep. Okay, so here's what I have er, for early stuff to get us caught up where we are here on the Cohiba brand. The path of Cohiba is very interesting, and that is because it's so political. There are various false stories, uh, but here's what I believe: What is Cohiba? The Taino Indians were found by Columbus in a tribal circle praying. They would take rolled up leaves and smoke them and pray. The circles were formed by the warriors and was known as Cohiba. In 1966, made for Fidel Castro, the Cohiba Lancero was made so he would not be poisoned. He would know that cigar who made it and he could not be poisoned. Later, the Trinidad Lancero was made these were seven and a half inches by 38 ring gauge Lanceros. For Fidel only. Did they sell well? For Fidel only. They weren't being so sold. No. This is the first time that we see uh, evidence that a Lancero doesn't sell. There we go. <laughs> so Fidel would give them out as gifts, uh, often to diplomatic gifts. And the Cohiba brand gradually developed into cult status. Now we go to 1978. In the U.S., Oscar Beruvian. Oscar Beruvian owned Mike Cigars in Florida. He was first a rep for General Cigar, for Edgar Kalman at General Cigar, and later got his own cigar shop that he bought from someone named Mike, and he ended up owning Mike Cigar in Florida that still exists. And he told Edgar Kalman, the owner of General Cigar, about this brand, Cohiba. The Cohiba brand um, was um, then registered in the United States by General Cigar on March 13th, 1978. He did it immediately after finding out Year about I was born. this. Okay. No Cohiba was commercially available anywhere at the time. Again, these were gifts from Castro to other people. So the trademark had not been registered at all anywhere? No. no. Only by Edgar Coleman in the United States? Yes. 1982... Uh, Cuba introduces the first release commercially for the sale to the public, but not to the U.S., uh, because of the embargo of Cuba imposed by President Kennedy in 62. So 82, the first commercial, and in order to have a trademark, you have to show commerce 
of the product anyway. So here it is, 82, and uh, Cohiba now introduces it as a product. And that was four years after it was trademarked, trademarked in the U.S. In the US. 1996, in the U.S., using that trademark, General Cigar produces for the American market in the Dominican Republic without a band for Dunhill shops in the U.S. exclusively. So all that time went out that they applied for a trademark to it. They released it. Um, they applied for the trademark in 78, but in 96, they put the product out there. But this was after Cuba really put their product out. This is why it's so confusing in the, the, the lawsuits because you, you – It goes back and forth. It absolutely yes. goes back. This is like the, the time I won the classic three-way with no points. There we go. <laughs> because – Right. How does that happen? So 1997 – and I remember when the Dunhill shops had it. It was just a naked cigar in it, and it was called Cohiba. And then a year later, General Cigar opens the market with a band on it in large scale, and this was the Cohiba with the red dot on it. Um, this Cohiba is uh, related to the Cuban product in name only, containing no Cuban tobacco. In the red dot and the O on the band, General Cigar owned a brand called Red Dot. And they put the red dot on this. And this is the only Cohiba that can be sold legally in the United States. But whose trademark <coughs> is it? Confusing. Confusing already. So that's when... The, all the lawsuits. So you could make an argument either way. You can make an argument and say they registered the trademark, therefore it belongs to General Cigar. And you know who loves this is the lawyers. Right. But there's no either way. But there's no there's no commerce at that point. So without commerce, you really don't have an argument for for a trademark. Yes. You have to have sold it. Well, do you really know that there wasn't commerce? There was the cigar was produced and it was distributed. Do you Just know that sold. no money changed hands for it? Yeah. What constitutes commerce? Because, for example, when you go to Cuba, the Treasury Department says that if you receive something at no cost, but it has monetary value, that that's a transaction, that that's essentially commerce. There we go. So in 1978, when he gave a box of somebody, and you say no transaction happened, he gave it away to another country who gave them, provided oil into that country, or whatever they did, something happened. They're not giving away gifts for nothing. Yeah. See, politicians. Sure. There's Right, this it was diplomatic. Yeah, so it was for diplomatic use. So it was either to get a, a diplomat to try to you know persuade them to do something yes. or, or represent your side better or whatever. I mean, there's certainly value in that. Yep. I told you he was hostile. He's oh. coming at me right away. He's coming at me right away. And I, I was never on a debating team, but I could debate this either way. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the beauty of these lawyers that are dealing with it. They get to do it forever and ever and ever. They, and, and the judges actually go back and forth, and we'll get into that too. But of what I said, do you believe that that is the way time-wise and everything that, that it went? I think so, yeah. I mean, at the, at the very beginning, there's kind of a romantic story about how it happened. So yeah. supposedly Fidel was walking past uh, a cigar roller who was rolling this cigar for uh, herself or himself. I don't remember the, the person. Um, and they said, and, and Fidel said, hey, can I, can I try one of those? And supposedly he loved it so much that he wanted that roller to make that cigar exclusively for him uh, forever at okay. that point because he was smoking cigars then. And after that, they decided to turn it into this brand Cohiba. Was this Lara, the guy that was with um, the company out of the Bahamas? Avelino Lara? Yes. I, I don't. I, I think it was a woman, actually. Yeah. Um, he he was. Wait, that's not a woman's name. 
No. <laughs> Avellino? No. He was, uh, I believe he was the person who was responsible for the blend at the El Aguito factory for a while. I think that that's how he was associated with Cohiba. I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't remember. They just, a lot of people try to take pride in, oh, I, I used to make the Cohibas, right? Yeah. I was the guy that did this or whatever. But, again, this this all gets muddied into it. So you try to find at least the, the real details of what it is. And like you said, the, the romance part of the early part, who, who knows um, what, what that is to be true. It changes over time. And sure. The story gets better and better as it goes on. But if you see one of your competitors making a product and you notice that they don't have it trademarked and then you trademark it, what kind of person does that make you? Mm. I mean, that's one way to look at it. Or we could take that out and just look at the legal side of it. That's another way to look at it. Look at all the Cuban brands in the United States. They all did that. No, but but that's the big difference. So Cohibo is a post-revolution brand. Mm. Most of the others were pre-revolution. So for example, H. Upman, um, yeah, and it wasn't a job that, that lost it to them. Right. It was the people who, were, who owned the trademark in Cuba who left Cuba, and they believed that they owned that trademark with essentially in their suitcases yeah. and started making it wherever it was, the Canary Islands or yeah. wherever the first place was that they made it. And therefore, they had a claim that was granted to them by the United States to that brand. And, and they would be, I would feel rightful that they're rightful. But now somebody does it in the United States against Cuba, the guy that did it all to them. Mm-hmm. So it's almost, it's okay, this guy did it to 100 other people. It's like poetic justice. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but that's, that's not supposed to be how the trademark no, process no, works. No, it isn't. <laughs> and know. one wrong doesn't make, two wrongs don't make a right. right, right? And that's not to say that it doesn't work that way. But then what gets really confusing is, okay, so it, it seems to make sense why the U.S. government said, okay, H. Upman, you guys own it. You can keep producing it and, and use that brand. But then why did France say, no, you don't own it. Cuba, the government owns it. Because the reason the Cuban cigars are available in Europe is because your, most European countries went exactly the opposite way and granted the trademark to Cuba or the company in Cuba that was representing those brands rather than the families that, that had it before. And you say most because if you went to Dominican Republic, for instance, mm-hmm. you can find other Cohibas in the Dominican Republic. I didn't know that. Yeah, this is right on the street, you know, in stores and everything is something that looks like Cohiba that's made in Dominican Republic, hmm. and it's a complete ripoff of a Cuban uh, cigar, and you can also find the Dominican version that's there. So they're not looking. Dominican Republic is saying, "I don't care. You guys fight it out. We're, we're going to sell both, uh, yeah. all three. Yeah, it's, it gets messy when you start looking at lots of countries because Canada, for example, granted um, Cuba the trademarks for some, and the U.S. companies the trademarks for others. So I think it's Punch is available from um, Honduras in Canada wow. and not Cuba, but all the rest of the Cuban brands are available in Canada. Wow, so you got to be careful if you buy a Punch there, you figure, and you're getting a Cuban, yeah. and you're getting a Honduran Punch. Yeah. And not, I don't want to say one's better than the other yet. We're going to get into that mm-hmm. because we will smoke a Cuban cigar in the second hour. Um, but you should at least know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. And being in retail all these years, we sell Monte Cristo, Romeo and Juliet, Cohiba, lots of Cuban cigar brands. Some consumers think they're getting the Cuban brand. They, don't, they yeah. just don't know. Yeah. And at least the decency of this Cohiba, it looks different than the other version of it. And um, although the $22 price point might make you think at one point that this is a Cuban cigar, it's priced that way. Um, now, 
we're looking at the cigar as a Cuban would be a hundred dollar cigar. Do you think that the that the confusion because there's obviously confusion out there. Do you think that the confusion helps both or helps one of ah. those companies better? I think it helps both. I think it helps both. Why? Because I think that it, you're adding to brand recognition either way. So it, to the consumer, it only matters that it says Cohiba on the band. Most of them don't even notice that there's a red dot and that, or, or even know that there's a difference between ones with red dots and one without red dots. So I think it, it adds to, it certainly adds to the confusion, but it adds to the global branding of Cohiba to have both versions. We have a um, old-fashioned '50s diner down the street, and they have all kinds of paraphernalia on the walls of all these old things that are there. But one odd thing that sticks out is they have a giant tin sign of Cohiba, hmm. and Cohiba did not come out into the '50s. <laughs> it didn't come out until until the '70s. If you if you want to say '78, but it didn't even come out as a brand till into the '80s. But it. I would say in the U.S., it is looked upon as an old-fashioned thing, and it's not. Yeah. H. Upman, you're talking the 1800s. All these other brands are 1800s where this is a relatively new product that we were all around for when this brand came out. And it's kind of funny, too, because the Cohiba was supposed to be this this um, mixture of old and new. So they, they have the, the head of the Taino Indian yes. woman on the uh, on the bands. But it was, uh, but the much larger field on the band is actually what they consider to be an Art Deco style. So they were attempting to sort of portray the future or you know the modern with with the band. I guess it would have been in the past at the time when they were coming out with it. But it was supposed to be this. Whereas old you know H. Upman bands and those they have the metals and the wreaths of laurel and yeah. all that kind of stuff, which harkens back to sort of classical imagery. This was supposed to be a modern cigar, a okay. new cigar. Harkens. That's your new. That's your new <laughs> word, Barry. I, I want to see that in a review. Harkens. Harkens. It all right. harkens back. Right now, it's time for the poll question of the week, and it was brought to you by Victor Sinclair Cigars. We got the final, right? Yeah. We asked uh, if you had ten dollars to spend on a cigar, and the only thing you knew for certainty was the wrapper. And we picked uh, 16 different rappers against each other. We'll share the actual bracket on MeWe after the show. So if you want to see how it went down and you missed the show, you could go do that. So we, we had ev- everything in here. U.S., Connecticut, San Andreas, Cameroon, uh, Brazilian, Montafina, Corojo, Criollo 98, Pennsylvania Broadleaf, Candela, Ecuadorian Connecticut, Connecticut Broadleaf, Sumatra, Brazilian Arapriaca, Habano, Corojo 99, Italian dock, fire cured in Indonesia. All of these went in, and we're down to two. Yep, and uh, the time, final two remaining was Corojo versus Cameroon. And uh, it might surprise you. There was less than a 3% difference with multiple lead changes throughout. And Corojo took the lead on late Thursday, and it didn't let go. It won with 51.48% of the vote. Corojo. But, but you have to imagine Cameroon outsells it with... Fuente, Partagas is still Cameroon, I think. U.S. Partagas. Yep. Um, but Corojo ends up winning it. Isn't standard uh, Cohiba a Cameroon wrapper as well? Not the Connecticut version, but the, the regular. One of them is. Regular, yeah, maybe. maybe. Uh, Rafael Nodell is late to the voting. He voted for Habano. Yeah, yeah, very late. <laughs> very late. And we have a new uh, poll up there. It's uh, Tobacco Origin. So Nicaragua, Dominican Republic, there's 16 different tobacco-producing countries. Wow. Uh, we actually, me and Ed Santa Maria, the buyer for two guys, 
took it like an NCA style bracket. We actually ranked them one through 16. So one is versus 16, two is versus 15. Okay. So head over to the cigarauthority.com and vote. So, so let me let me tell you how this. Advantage? Can I tell you how it ends? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we all know how it's going to end. Okay. <laughs> but I'll be curious to see if this um, upsets and how many people complain that Cuba was ranked fifth or sixth. Okay. Oh, uh, you have Cuba in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tobacco producing country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing you got to sixteen. I'll be interested mm-hmm. to see that myself. You <laughs> go to skywithauthority.com. It's up there. Yep. You go and you click on the uh, versus question of the week. All right. Okay, so we're smoking the Cohiba Connecticut Robusto. Uh, this is the Dominican version with the red dot. With the, um, uh, the it says Connecticut on it, but uh, we believe it's an Ecuadorian um, wrapper that's on, on here. Um, not golden color, little little darker, little browner. Um, Twenty two dollar cigar. Um, what's your early indication on this? A lot of people in the chat room were. Thinking they were smoking an eight or ten dollar <laughs> cigar, they were shocked when we mentioned the price. And I think we're paying for the name. It's a good cigar. Is it a twenty-two dollar and change cigar? No, but you're paying for the name. It's up, it's my, good. It's up my alley in, in flavor. Eight to ten dollars, I would smoke it when yeah. I want a mild cigar with coffee in the morning. At twenty-two, there's a. I'd rather buy two other eight to ten dollar cigars. I'm being honest. It's, yeah, but it's good. They get they get to charge more because it has the Cuban name. Do you uh, believe? You know. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, and the packaging's beautiful too. Yeah, I mean they they take the they're trying to represent this as a luxury product, and and the box looks beautiful, and and the band looks very nice. It's it all goes together. If somebody got it as a gift, they'd probably be thrilled. Oh, you got me a box of Cohiba. Um, although you may be thinking that you got a Cuban cigar, you did not. Yeah, um, it's a good cigar. But it, if you took the band off to me, I'd say this is a Dominican cigar, Connecticut. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's a fairly <laughs> straightforward Dominican profile cigar. There's no yeah. Th- yeah. there's no wow factor here as far but as the smoke or really the combustion. There's absolutely nothing offensive about it. Yeah. So we'll see as we get down to it. Let's go to break. And we come back. We have the lawsuit in the fakes. Plus, ironclad ways to detect Cuban cigars, fake Cuban cigars, without even seeing them. The story behind Cohiba Bihike, the insane prices, and a lot more about Cohiba, the most copied brand in the world. We're live in the Toscano Cigar Soundstage, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua, the Nicaraguan expression of America's beloved brand, Reserva Real. Reserva Real Nicaragua is a Nicaraguan puro, meticulously blended by Rafael Nodal and made by A.J. Fernandez. The Reserva Real Nicaragua will take Romeo lovers and Romeo novices alike on a journey through premium Nicaraguan tobaccos. Reserva Real Nicaragua. It'll steal your heart again. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. 
crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium diamond crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit DiamondCrown.com. I want to talk to you today about my friend Glenn Case from Christoph Cigars. I've known him for many years. Glenn is a very nice guy, one of the nicest guys in the industry. Always friendly, always happy. So when I heard his brand Christoph was pissed off, I was surprised. Christoph Cigars have always been known as smooth and rich, and the pissed off Christoph is just that. But there's something else happening here. A natural San Andreas wrapper, the binder, Indonesian, and the filler, Nicaraguan. And like Glenn Case, the cigar starts off sweet, but then it gets pissed off. And like Bruce Banner, you don't want to piss off Glenn Case about Christoph cigars. Or do you? Expect some spins and a nicotine kick. Strap yourself in for a ride. Pissed off Christoph is deceivingly strong. You've been warned. Sold in 10-count boxes, four sizes including Churchill, 6x60, Robusto, and Corona Gorda. The hottest new brand is the pissed-off Kristoff. Take it for a ride. Since 1964, Padron Cigars have had the same mission. With over 50 years spent to create a perfect cigar, and more than 100 years to create a perfect legacy, the Padron family understands the significance of time. Padron delivers only the finest handmade complex cigars with the flavor of the Cuban heritage, out of which the Padron recipe was born. The Padron mission is simple, exceptional quality of their cigars and not the quantity produced. As a vertically integrated family-owned company, personal attention to every detail is taken in all steps of the tobacco growing and cigar making process. Padron Cigars, they give you, the cigar smoker, the confidence that each cigar is the same. Perfect. Padron Cigars, handcrafted since 1964. Hi, this is Nestor Miranda from Miami Cigar, and you are listening to the Cigar Authority. And we are back. We are smoking Cohiba, Connecticut Robusto, talking Cohiba cigars with Colin Ganley. He's a cigar researcher and a guy who knows where the bodies are buried for sure. Welcome back, everybody. He's also in the coffee business. And um, how's the coffee business going? This is Twin Engines Coffee, right? Yeah, it, the coffee business is great. It's a uh, it's a crazy year. Brazil had a had a bad year, and what that means is that the price for coffee went up as a green coffee bean. So everybody who uh, who sells coffee or buys coffee is is feeling that and having to adjust. In no some matter way. what country they're growing in, no matter where. Okay. When Brazil has a bad year or Vietnam, the global coffee supply goes down, so the price goes up. And when they have a bumper crop, then the price goes down. And so everybody has to decide what they're going to do. If they have enough margin, they can just weather it out, pay the higher price. If they don't have enough margin, then they have a difficult decision to make. Are they going to substitute with cheaper beans? Are they going to raise their price to the consumer? Very difficult decisions. So for us, it's a great year. 
Uh, we've, we're planning for this and we work, you know, we grow the coffee with our farmers in Nicaragua. So yeah. we don't have to deal with the international stuff. We, we send it out once it's roasted straight up to the United States to the customers. So like blending a cigar and the crop is different, do you blend the coffee different the next year, depending on that, to try to make it taste like it used to taste? Yeah. We, our goal is to, to make every coffee tastes the same all the time, kind yeah. of the same way as champagne. So like in the, it, with champagne and with coffee, what we do, I don't make champagne, but the, it, for those who, who like wine, they would understand the, you just switch which farm you're getting it from in order to get the, um, the taste profile that you want. Okay. And so you, you get to learn the farm so you can anticipate, okay, so zone one instead of zone five or zone seven instead of zone 10, whatever, is where we're going to draw the coffee from. Because every coffee farm grows coffee that they don't want, but there's a market for all of the coffee. And so what we do is is select the, which zones we want the coffee from in order to keep that taste consistent, and it changes every year. Sure. But then the rest of the coffee is fine. It can just be sold on to somebody else. There's always a buyer for different coffee. Is there an adjustment that you make on the roasting pro- uh, process itself to be able to identify those flavor notes and keep things consistent? Or only, is it just always roasted to whatever crack you roast it to? We do it. We only do that on um, special production coffee. So, like, if we make a limited edition, like you guys were giving away the coffee we made for Monte Cristo uh, for a while in, in okay. the gift pack. Yeah, that coffee was specifically roasted to a level that was perfect for those beans. That was the week we didn't have lotion in the prize. <laughs> That's right, I, I remember that. Remember that, and that's just because it was a it was a limited production. So we knew we only needed to make X number of pounds, and so we just figured out exactly what the best roast was to complement those beans. But in the case of like our um, cigar number one, which is one of our consistent lines we've had since the first day, we want the the medium roast and the dark roast to always taste like they did the year before. And so it's really more for us about the good selection at the farm than it is about roasting or manipulating it after the fact. You found it. You find it similar with because you know everything about cigars of how they do it. It's yeah, agricultural so I, product that you that changes. Yeah. So my other hat is I I blend cigars for people and do quality control for people at the cigar factories, and so it's it's almost the same process. And so what you want is you want the maximum amount of tobacco so that you have a variety of ingredients: taste A, taste B, taste C, etc. Um, so that you can keep that thing consistent. And right now is is one of the most stress-inducing times in the cigar-producing uh, business because there's not enough tobacco to feed the factories. For the last three years, two years, since the mini boom happened, all the raw material that should have been used this year and next year got used the year before. And so now everybody's trying to figure out where they're going to get their tobacco from. Can I keep my brand tasting consistent? Can I keep this private label customer's brand tasting consistent, et cetera? And people are losing out. People are, you know, brands are getting changed. There's all kinds of stuff going on right now that's, um, that's well, it's just dynamic, let's yeah. say. You know? it, does, is that fluctuation happening in coffee at all that is boomy is, or it's pretty consistent of... The amount of people that drink coffee. The total amount is pretty consistent. Yeah. It's it's generally on an uptick, um, but it's pretty consistent. What changes is the number of people who want the the real premium stuff versus who want the supermarket special type yeah. stuff. There's a lot of dynamics within the market, but as far as the overall quantity of coffee consumed, it's pretty it's pretty steep. And and as cigars are mostly U.S. is is the most user. Is that work with coffee also? Um, the northern hemisphere, the farther north you go, the more coffee gets sold. And so the U.S. is a, is a big buyer. Um, 
I think the number one buyer in the world of, of roasted coffee, but it's amazing. Per capita, Scandinavia is much oh, bigger. Wow. The farther north you go, people drink a lot of coffee. Can they have more well, Dunkin' nothing. Donuts than we have? There's, <laughs> there's, nothing else, there's nothing else to do up there. Right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So we're, we're talking the lawsuits now, and they all began about 25 years ago when uh, Cuban tobacco, uh, Tabacuba, uh, the owners of the Cuban trademark, Cohiba trademark, sued General Cigar for its use of the Cohiba name in the United States. They sued, sued a company called Calbro, which was the Kalman brothers, Edward Kalman, uh, and later um, he also owned General Cigar. Um, General registered the Cohiba in 1981 and then registered uh, the trademark in 1995. In response, Cuba sought to cancel General Cigar's U.S. trademark. So here is Cuba stepping in and saying, "We're going. We want to cancel in the U.S. the trademark of." So the how does that work? Where there's an embargo, yeah, there, we you go. can't you can't sell your product here in the United States. How could you possibly have say on what is sold in the United States at all? And the U.S. government says you have no right to say anything in the United States. We don't um, trade with you at all. Perfect. Um, but if, if you look at it, that so we were allowed to rip off all, all your, your, your stuff. You know, you can have a company like China who does exactly the, the, the same to us all the time. And we're always saying, no, you can't rip off our. Um, but we have products. an open trade with China. So there, we, we should they have. Still, we and they sh- still do it. But we should, we should still have say with them. Cuba does not have trade with the U.S., therefore they don't. And if they would like to trade with the U.S., they can decease with their malfeasions and make the... <laughs> not that, not that <laughs> simple. Not that simple. Would you like to respond to that? <laughs> I didn't even understand it. <laughs> um, in March of... Stop doing bad stuff. That's what that breaks down to. March of 20, uh, 2004, Judge Robert Sweat of the U.S. District Court... Is his brother Richard? <laughs> <laughs> District of New York cancels the general cigar trademark ruling in favor of Cuba tobacco. Um, so in 2004, the judge ends up saying, um, ruling in favor of Cuba. And when that happened, we went a year without any Cohiba in the United States. That all of a sudden it ceased, it stopped, and we couldn't get them. And they actually wanted us to return. I remember getting a letter that says, "Return your box." Okay, but, oh, I'm all out. And I wasn't <laughs> out. Um, and then comes February 2005. So that kind of makes sense, right? The point up up to that point, you're like, okay, well, Cuba started this brand. Mm. I get it. Okay, they gave it to them. Yes. And, and then what happens? So in February. 2005, 11 months later, General wins the appeal in court. The U.S. Appeals Circuit rules that Cuban embargo prohibits Cuba companies from acquiring property rights in the U.S., which extends the trademark use. So because they can't have the rights to it. That's the one that makes the most sense to me. That all, yeah, I, I agree. That also makes sense. Yes. This is what this is, is so infuriating. No, yeah. the other it's, one doesn't make sense. sense. It doesn't make sense that a, a country we have an embargo on gets to say anything. Shut up. You get nothing. That doesn't mm. mean we get to steal from them. 
Is it stealing? We had it can first. We, can we go kill them? No, you're not allowed. It's murder, right? That's, you can't do that you're either. Just, now you're just talking Unless crazy. you call it a war. So, of course, <laughs> yeah, each time this happens, the other team appeals. So now you have uh, Cuban tobacco appealing that rule that general wins. So It was registered in, in 1978 before it was in commerce in Cuba. It was, it's not stealing at that point. So now, a lot. So for one year, there is no Cohiba in the United States. 2005, it comes back as they win the appeal. Boom, the cigars come back into the market. 2005, never goes away after that point. But December 2009, Judge Sweat again rules in favor of the Cuba cigar industry when he issues an injunction against General Cigar to stop selling Cohiba in the United States. Furthermore, Sweat rules that Cuban Tobacco is entitled to monetary relief. Now they want to give them the money. Mm-hmm. Is this what- guy a communist? <laughs> communist sympathizer? But you're on this because you're on the on this side because you're in the United States and you're an American or whatever. If you were on the other side and they took your stuff, don't you Hang believe on a second. that they should Hang on have a the second. money? We, you already said the reason why the cigar is being sold is people confuse it, which is what trademark law is, confusion. Cuba should be thrilled that there's a Cohiba in the United States because it's keeping their brand alive. They but should be thrilled. I don't know about that. Well, they are if they if they win this lawsuit and get get uh, no, all, yeah, <laughs> all the twenty-two dollars for everything. I would <laughs> yeah. like I would like a list of the names of the Cuban people. That are going to get money if General Cigar has to send money to Cuba. That's not who sued them. It's the Cuban government to Cuba. Okay, then I don't sued. give a shit. Well, that, that doesn't make it right or I'm wrong. I'm pro-Cuban whether people, you, but I'm not pro-Cuban government. That's beside the point. It's, we're talking mm. lawsuit here. The lawsuit. Well, I get to have my opinion. I, uh, my opinion and, matters to me and so, me alone. So, Dave, the Cuban government would never steal brands from anyone, would they? No, they wouldn't steal farms either. <laughs> <laughs> it's two rocks don't make a right. Or hotels. <laughs> it, because they did it to someone else doesn't mean we can do it to them. But really? when, you, when you have somebody that's a dirtbag and bad shit happens to the dirtbag, aren't you a little bit like, eh, it kind of serves you right. Yeah. Okay, then. We have a new listener in there that says, the guy with the black cap is an idiot. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> Those that are listening, the only person wearing a hat. And uh, is my Jonathan. name's Jonathan. Yes. <laughs> In case we haven't mentioned. So that was 2009. Let's fast forward to 2013. Um, General Cigar wins the next round, 2013. Uh, this time before the USPTO, US Patent and Trademark Office, uh, Trademark Trials and Appeals, which dismisses a petition by. Uh, Cuban tobacco to cancel General Cigar's use of the Cohiba name. So that was the last 2013, nine years ago, the last time that the court has said, the U.S. court, if we went to court in Cuba, we lost, by the way, every single thing, but we're just dealing with the U.S. court. Why, Barry, why am I an idiot? (laughs) Because I'm making sense? (laughs) May I count the ways? In the chat room, you're not. But, you know, it's, 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 it's <clears throat> is he Cuba just a Euro, Cuban fanboy and Cuba, he can only see that Cuba that stole every other legacy brand. Will the Cuban government pay families that lost their farms and their. Of course not. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's, he was being facetious there, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously. Right. Um, 
it's going. It goes back and forth again. It's been nine years now since the last time, but it was nine years since the time before. This is not, not going to end because there's lawyers on both sides making lots of money as this goes on. In the meantime, I would go out to say the, the Dominican version of Cohiba is strong. It makes a lot of money for General Cigar, mm-hmm. and the Cohiba brand for Cuba is strong. It makes a lot of money for Cuba and the owners of, of that, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're both highly successful. Hasn't hurt either one. And Jonathan may have something that may, maybe it's helping both. I don't know. Of course it's helping both. But it's also not It's not the Cuban government per se. I, who, are, who is the litigant on the side of Cuba? Does it say in, in, the, in your notes? This guy here. But who, he is the lawyer. Who was the party? Like, who did he represent? Was it uh, Cuba Tobacco? Yes. Was it Habanos? Do you remember? At the beginning, it was both. And then at, at the beginning, he names both. And uh-huh. then he just goes into Tabacuba. Okay. So Tabacuba, okay, that is actually the government. Yeah. yeah. Because if it's if it's Habanos, then it's not. Who's it's correct. Idiot now, right. chump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now who's the hostile witness here? Oh, no, it's me. I get friggin' ag- call me an idiot when I'm an idiot, and I get a story to tell during the Ask the Dawn segment <laughs> where I'm an idiot. I was an idiot, and I got no problem with it. But when I'm making a, a, a strong argument for something, that's there's nothing idiotic about that. You need to increase the fiber in your diet. No, yeah. I think I have a concussion. That's why I'm angry. <laughs> really? Very interesting. And this is it's a good book to read. It, it is the book of Cohiba. The back and forth of it, and I started by saying I can take the argument of either side of here and represent the argument to a good... I think instead of, in this case, there are no winners, they're both winners throughout this, that um, is is where I'm feeling right now. very familiar. It does. But right now it's time to ask the Dawn by Dawn Raphael Cigars. It's time to ask the Dawn. Brought to you by Don Rafael Cigars. Don Rafael Cigars are premium cigars. Mellow and smooth. Built for every man's everyday enjoyment. Don Rafael Cigars. Now, here is the question of the week. And our good friend Danny writes through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com. Based on the topic of this week's show, this seems like a fitting question. My wife is out of town for a training, and she's come across someone who only smokes Cuban cigars, in quotes. Uh, since she listens to my constant cigar talk, she asked what brand and found out it was, I'm redacting this, a name brand Dominican cigar. Clearly, this man has no idea what he's talking about. It makes me wonder, since you surely have a lot of experience with this, what is the funniest question you can ask a person who only smokes Cubans? The kind of question that would make anyone in the lounge laugh when they answer. We could just ignore them, but I find it better to have a little fun at their expense. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what, what could I say? I, yeah, I, I've done trying to challenge people that said they only uh, smoke humans. It's It's... It's like politics today. You're not going to change somebody's opinion. They, they swear they're smoking a Cuban. Everybody in the lounge knows it's not a Cuban. You're not going to change their mind. Some, it's just some, an argument that you can't win. Some people like flavored cigars, Cuban-flavored cigars. To my knowledge, there isn't any. Mm-hmm. Any what? Flavored Cuban cigars. No, no. no. Um, or blended Cuban cigars. Not that are made in Cuba. Yeah. So, uh, no, it, it, 
people have come in with bands of something that say uh, Cuban reject and say, <laughs> I, I smoke Cuban cigars. It says Cuba on it, therefore. And, it, you know, there's something wrong when it comes to that, too, and something you don't think somebody buys Cuban rejects and thinks they're buying Cuban cigars, right? There's a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, there, there are a lot of brands out there that you can tell are just trying to confuse people in the yes. marketplace into buying Which is cigars. what Trademark mm-hmm. is all about. It's, yeah. you, they're trying to stop people from trying to confuse somebody. The decency, I'll say, to General Cigar is they made the band look like a totally different cigar. No way you're going to look at this Cohiba, Connecticut, with a red dot in the center of the word Cohiba and confuse this with a Cuban, me personally, or anybody that knows a little about uh, premium cigars would confuse it in any way. Where other things, when you look at a punch, wouldn't you look at punch and you wouldn't know the difference of the two? No. No, they look all, and in the past, they did basically look identical. Yes. There were these m- tiny differences. Monte Cristo is another good example. Yeah. They used to look almost exactly the same. I think with Cohiba, General's done a really good job these last few years when they brought Sean Williams on to yes. become the brand ambassador. I think he's done a great job of getting it out there. They've expanded the line by two or three different lines, I think. There's like five different Cohibas now. Yeah. Um, and... They've done a great job with it. It's nothing to be ashamed about. It's not a brand to be ashamed about, but it could just as well be a different word that's on there. Yeah. But they certainly wouldn't sell as many. I I still think it was a cheap maneuver, what they did at the very beginning, but that doesn't mean that they're not doing a great job with the brand as it is now. Yeah. Edgar is is long gone. Other people own that company, and um, they... Part of the purchase was it comes with the Cohiba brand. You, you certainly don't throw it away, right? No. And but it's not like they came out with the brand and they said, oh, this, this, the storied history of this brand is it was made just for Fidel Castro and they tried to be that. They just got an idea for a brand name. That, that they got, it, got from seeing somebody else doing it. But yeah. they, they got it. They got the trademark it, it, on the it, books before anything was sold in Cuba. If I copy your homework and you haven't trademarked it, did I still not steal your homework <laughs> or your answers? And let me tell you, it was when there was no Cohiba brand that was out there, it was folklore. I mean, people talked about it, that it was a big deal. And the same work that's People in the cigar industry talked about it. Well, we're only talking about cigars. We're not talking about uh, people in the coffee industry that wanted a Cohiba cigar. Is there a thing in the coffee industry that's like this, where there's this storied... Yes, yes, there style is. Style of coffee. What about that Jamaican blue? Blue Mountain. Yeah, Yeah, or the Kopi bullshit, right? With the one that the the monkey eats the the bean and that yeah. bullshit story, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's a real thing, but it's uh, yeah. See, I mean it's ridiculous. Not bullshit. Well, a small percentage may be there, but people are putting on that their product is that product. Oh yeah, like Co- Kona Coffee is a perfect example. Yeah, <laughs> Kona Coffee. Yeah, you can buy Kona Coffee for any price uh, anywhere you want. The reality is they just have to have one bean in the bag to call it Kona Coffee. And so, what are you really getting? It's not the thing you enjoyed on your vacation to Hawaii. Right. It's not the same thing when, when they when they come back here and they were in Europe and they saw a Cohiba in Europe at $100 and they come here and they get a $20 Cohiba and they say, oh, I got it here much cheaper. Different product. It says the same name, though. There's the confusion. that The reason why the government does this is they don't want people ripped off of somebody that thought they got a $100 cigar for $20. Right? And there's the confusion of it. You're not confused because you're educated enough I'm on this confused product. confused as to how somebody could be confused. Well, it's certainly happening. But don't be confused. Next week on the show, we're talking corporate to independence. We have Rick Rodriguez from um, 
West, West Tampa. Tampa. West Tampa Cigar Company. You wanted to say that other brand. <laughs> I want to say East. Okay. I thought you were going to say the three-letter brand. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, uh, Rick Rodriguez will join us here in, in studio. And uh, November 12th, we have a contest going on. I'm saying it out loud to these guys, Ed Sullivan, to make sure you're prepared and, and Barry's prepared what, to pull it off. When is that? It is November 12th. It's two weeks away from today. So I got plenty of time. Well, that's yeah. what you said last week, and it's getting closer <laughs> yeah, and closer. Yeah, we need to have a meeting about how we're going to attack this. Yes, you said that we last week also. We're going to make a meeting? Yes. You said that last week. No, we weren't having a meeting no. last week. This is new All information. Right. Yeah. All right. There's a listener competition. It's a live listener competition, so you have to listen live if you want to win the prizes. So uh, let, let's have a phone conference Tuesday. Oh, nice. Huh? Can we do that? Well, we're going to have an in-person meeting all on right. Monday. Well, good. And, and we'll, let me know Tuesday what's going on then. Yeah, we'll straighten it all Is out. Is this going to be the clubhouse call Tuesday? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, we can't give away the answer to that. Uh, okay. Strength uh, check really quick. It is a two. three. Our chat room says two, um, with three being second. Actually, just they moved into a tie, two and three a tied. Okay. But this is a cigar that I wouldn't recommend somebody new, like a first-time cigar buying because the $22 price tag will scare them. But if somebody was at my house and wanted to try a cigar for the first time and I had this, I would give it to them. It's not offensive. This is my third one in a row, there's, by the way. There's no, there's there's no spice to it. In my last one last It's night. a good introductory cigar minus the price tag. And you said there's Nicaraguan tobacco in here? Yeah, there's uh, where my sheets are. There was Brazilian Matafina, uh, Dominican Piloto Cabano, and Nicaraguan. Because the the, it's it's a fairly Dominican forward. I would guess blind that this is a Dominican cigar right out of the gate. I, I don't taste the other two tobaccos. All right, let's talk about fake Cubans. Is this a is this a fake Cuban? No, <laughs> <laughs> this is not a it's fake a, Cuban. It's a real Dominican. Okay, arguably the most counterfeit cigars ever are Cuban cigars, and it's getting worse. Um, the guy in the island selling you cigars on the beach is not an authorized Habanos dealer. They're fake. No matter what, there's no story. I've heard every story. Well, let me tell you this to the time I was an idiot. <laughs> yes. So I was on my honeymoon more than 17 years ago, and we had stopped at a port in Mexico, and I bought a cigar in the cigar store, was told it was Cuban, smoked it. I liked it. And then That's fine. I went back, and the guy wanted way too much for the box, so I walked. And then I'm on the uh, beach, and we're like three hours till the ship departs, so I'm trying to kill time. And the guy at the beach comes up, and he has this box of cigars, and he's selling them. It's the same, it looks the same as what I just got, and he's selling them for half the price. Must have been Cohibas, right? It was. Yes. In a glass top box. Yes. <laughs> and so I bought them, and I... I liked it. It was it was a it was a Mexican cigar, but it was it was decent. So I smoked them there and brought them back. I took the bands off and I paid five dollars <laughs> for a box that said uh, Mexico on it, and I put unbanded cigars in there and I kept the bands so I could put them back on. And I bring them to Dave and I go, I just want your opinion on this. And he goes, Where'd you get them? And I said, uh, On a beach in Mexico. He goes. Glass top box? I go, yeah. He goes, Cohiba? Yeah. They're fake. Well, first he goes, do you want me to tell you the truth or do you want me to make you feel good and smoke the cigar and tell you how great it is? I go, no, I want the truth. He goes, they're fake. I go, you haven't even seen it. I don't have to see it. I don't it. have to see it. 
You've, you've checked all the boxes for fakeness. And the, and the thing is, the, the distribution system for Havanos is ironclad. Oh, yeah. As ironclad as it can be for such a copyrightable product. So it goes from the government-owned factories straight to Habanos, which is on the same island, just a little bit down the street. Everything's in their bonded warehouse, waiting to go. It's stickered. It's, it goes. But then when it goes to the distributors in all the different countries around the world, in most cases, those distributors are 50% owned by Habanos. And so it's basically going from Habanos to Habanos, and they're keeping track of every single one. And the barcodes now on the guarantee seals can tell you which country it was supposed to have been in. Um, so that means that the correct prices are being paid along that chain, which means that by the time it gets to the distribution, before it gets to a retailer, where all kinds of games can happen, at that distributor, it's already an expensive product. So if you think that you're going to be able to get one for five euros or five dollars or three dollars or whatever possible. the thing is, it could not have well, happened. Yes. Why would somebody ever take a twenty dollar cigar and sell it to you for five dollars? It's impossible. Yes. Nobody is that charitable. There is no glass top boxes. I don't think. Right. No, There's no. nothing. There is no cello. No, not anymore. So when you see the cellophane on the cigar, that doesn't exist either. And the price has to be outrageous or it's fake. <laughs> so this just without looking at it. Then when you end up tasting it and trying, there's other things that come into it. Uh, the Cohiba cigars come in four series currently, if I have this right. Uh, the Cohiba Classic, the original sizes and names of the regular Cohiba Classics. The Siglo series that came out in 1992. Um, and... I believe, and you can tell me if I'm wrong on this, those were once the Davidoff Cubans. So when Davidoff left Cuba and, and moved over to the Dominican Republic, there were three sizes, the Siglo 1, Siglo 2, Siglo 3, which are all former Davidoff sizes made at the same place, and they taste pretty similar. Yeah, so that's them. The Siglo... Now there's six. Yeah, four, five, and six were new sizes. Yeah. Um, so, but, the, but it does follow on that same factory, similar taste, same sizes for half of them. Yeah. But the Siglo line is essentially the modern version of what Davidoff Cubans would have been. Yeah. So if you always wanted to say what was a Davidoff Cuban, try to try the Siglos and you're going to get a good good idea of what that is. Yeah. Um, Maduro 5, which is three sizes. Maduro 5. Why is that? 5 is for five years aging, I oh, Okay. And then Bihikes. Three sizes of Bihike. And Bihike is, um, I, I don't know if the word Cohiba is even on Bihike anymore. Not anymore. So, and I was told this when um, it first came out, Nelson Alfonso, who did the design work and created with Micah um, and put this brand together completely, that they were worried that the Cuban embargo was going to happen in the U.S., and that their brand that it was going to lift. It, it was, was going to lift. lift. And their brand Cohiba that was going to come to the United States would be owned by their biggest competitor, which would be General Cigar. So they needed to create a better product than Cohiba, higher end, more sought after, and they created Cohiba Bahike. And the word Cohiba was as big as the word is Bahike, and that's how it originally came out. Later on, the word Cohiba went on the side, kind of disappeared, and then finally disappeared completely. Where I knew the designer, he showed me the three ways this was going to do over time. And that's what good designers do, that they end up changing a design, and you never see it changed. It happens over time, and it slowly disappears, and you never notice it was gone. So now Cohiba Bihike becomes the top, top end for the U.S., was the idea if that ends up happening. It doesn't, but that cigar is highly sought after, very expensive. 
Um, and then we saw this year that the price of the Cohiba actually tried to set itself for worldwide distribution because the prices were dramatically different from country to country. So they took um, the model of um, Hong Kong, I believe, yeah. and said, okay, the Hong Kong pricing is going to become whatever it is. So some countries ended up getting really, really hurt. So the Hong Kong price is the global price now. Yes. It's what, it's what they tried to do. In the same way that if you look for a Johnny Walker blue label, you're not going to find a big price difference between, you know, France and the United States. Yes. They, they tried to do a similar thing. And, and part of the problem was with, uh, with production going down and down and down, they just didn't have enough cigars. They weren't making the money that they could have been making if, the, if they had been able to produce more cigars. So what do they do? They decided to just raise the price on the cigars and, and make those cigars available to the people who are willing to pay for it. All right. So we're going to get into the Cuban cigars because we're going to smoke them the next hour. But we're at the tail end of our Cohiba Dominican, Connecticut. What is our final thoughts on the cigar? It's, uh, it's just fine. This. There's no real wow factor here for me. The the burn has been a little inconsistent. The draw is great. Um, not a particularly white ash. I would say that the tobacco probably could have been aged a little longer as the filler. But So I want you to really pay attention to it now because we're going to switch to a Cuban and guarantee Cuban cigar that we're going to smoke in the next hour because at the end of this, I want to know which one was better. Never mind the price because the Cuban cigar was actually more expensive than this. Well, it's so less expensive for me. It's free. <laughs> yes. So they're both free. They cost me the same. Okay. So, so go with that if, if you want. But uh, pay attention to it, and we'll, we'll go side-by-side side, uh, comparison um, at the end of this. So let's take a break, Ed. When we come back, what role did Davidoff play in the Cohiba brand? And did they really stop making cigars in Cuba? Right or wrong, which Cohiba is better for the money? We're going to get into that. Real Cuban Cohibas, Dominican Red Dots, or Island Fakes? Which one of the best for the money? We are live in the Toscano Cigar Soundstage, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Are you a member of the Cigar Authority Care Package? Well, if not, my friend, the time is now. For just $29.99, you get four premium cigars delivered to your door each month. And we'll smoke those cigars along with you during the show. Is that really a benefit? I think it is. We will judge the construction, flavor, strength, and review the cigars, and you'll see how right or wrong we really are. You might be surprised. Four premium cigars delivered to you for just $29.99, and you can quit any time, but you won't. The value is incredible. Want to take the Cigar Authority Care Package to the next level? Sign up or upgrade to the Cigar Authority Care Package Prime. For just $5 more, you get an extra cigar and usually something special. That's five cigars each month, all different. Find the Cigar Authority Care Package on thecigarauthority.com and sign up now. That's the Cigar Authority Care Package. Agent Room 4, Nicaragua Maestro. Named Cigar Aficionado's number one cigar of the year with a 96 rating. Is a complex Nicaraguan puro carefully blended by Rafael Nodal and made by A.J. Fernandez. As Cigar Aficionado described it, every puff is an overture of flavors that's at times heavy and rich with notes of dark chocolate and wood, and other times subtle and understated with hints of fine caramel and toasted almonds. Treat yourself to an aging Room 4 Nicaragua today. Surgeon General warning tobacco smoke increases the risk of lung cancer and heart disease even in non-smokers. 
You've heard us talking before about the best cigar magazine in the world, Cigar Journal. You want to know what makes Cigar Journal the best cigar magazine? Cigar Journal covers every angle of the cigar world. From exclusive stories and features, insightful interviews with industry power players, detailed cigar reviews, and of course, all the latest news and reports surrounding premium cigars. We're telling you, you will be impressed. Cigar Journal has stunning images, explanations of cigar science basics. This is the magazine for any cigar enthusiast, or better yet, passionado. Cigar Journal covers cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. You owe it to yourself to discover the world's best cigar magazine, Cigar Journal. Available at your local cigar retailer and on the web at their new website, CigarJournal.com. That's CigarJournal.com. Let me tell you a little bit about the Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary Cigar, or what they call the Three-Peat. Crafted in Rocky's boutique Nicaraguan factory, the 15th anniversary was released in 2010 to commemorate Rocky Patel's 15th year in the cigar industry, and it impressed right out of the gate. The Robusto and the Torpedo both scored 93 points in Cigar Aficionado, while the Toro and Corona Gorda both notched 92 points. The Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary is a robust cigar with notes of toasted spice, roasted coffee, and almonds. Rocky Patel himself has referred to his 15th anniversary as the decade on steroids. The 15th anniversary has also been named to Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year list on three separate occasions. Rocky's only brand to accomplish the three-peat. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th anniversary. Justo and his father, Julio Eiroa are continuing the tradition of growing authentic Corojo and now bring you Aladino. Aladino is a true old-fashioned cigar, pure authentic Corojo grown in the Eiroa Tobacco Farms in Honduras from the original Cuban seed of Corojo. An Aladino cigar represents the golden era of cigars in Cuba, and after one light, this old-school smoke will bring you back. Aladino cigars come from JRE Tobacco, a family center company who manage all aspects of cigar growing and manufacturing. This crop-to-shop operation is fully committed to providing you with quality and satisfaction. The premier Corojo grower in the entire cigar industry is Julio Eiroa, a tobacco grower and master cigar blender who personally guarantees that Aladino will provide you the opportunity to enjoy the true authentic Corojo taste Take this journey and be part of history in a cigar smoking experience like no other. Aladino. This is George Padron from Padron Cigars. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And we are back and we're talking Cohiba, real or fakes? Which one of the best? Colin Ganley is with us here today. And uh, I have two different Cohibas to smoke, and we have four of us. Um, and I picked one already for Ed Sullivan, so uh, we have four cigars and uh, four people that are, that are here uh, on stage. So I have the Cohiba Corona Especial, two of those, and two Cohiba Grand Reserva 
from uh, the Havano, Havano's Festival, um, where I bought both, got those part of the festival, and the other two I got while it was there. So 100% authentic. There's no doubt about either of them. And, uh, well, because they came from Cuba. Yes. You were there. But they have fake Cubans. But there are fake Cubans in Cuba, too. Yes. Well, they're not fake Cubans. Correct. Right. They they're Cuban be. cigars, but they're not what the band says that they are. Yes. They just, somebody rolled up anything and sold them. You mean tobacco that was grown in Cuba? Yes. Like every other Cuban cigar? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so you told me quickly about this cigar, um, the Grand Reserve. Yeah, so, and I'm not trying to influence you. I'll, I'll, I can smoke one of the other ones, give people a chance to smoke No, you, smoke you that. definitely have to smoke one of but these. I, but what I was saying is when these came out at the festival, um, when they were fresh, uh, I smoked them. It was, the, it, was the only, it was the first cigar that I'd ever smoked that I thought was just perfect. There was nothing I would have changed about it. I, I was totally satisfied. I loved this cigar. And it's a version of the Cohiba Siglo 6 that just has slightly more aged tobacco in it, essentially. They supposedly they amped up the the strength just a little bit, but I don't remember the specific details. Do you have any of that? The details about no, how they changed no, it? No, no. It's the Siglo Six size, which means the sixth century um, since uh, sixth century since Columbus discovered Cuba. So that's what that, that whole Siglo thing is. Siglo means century. So they did Siglo one, first century, second century, up to sixth, and each one of those represents a hundred years since Columbus. Landed on Cuba. All right, I didn't know that. That's good, good information. And so this was just a, a single production. They made it just very briefly. They called it the Grand Reserva. And it's, if I remember correctly, they had seven-year-aged uh, filler tobaccos in the cigar. The wrapper was much newer. And what year was that, you think, that, <clears throat> when that came out? It should say on the box, I think. It's I feel like I just entered the antique roadshow. I so, would like... <laughs> so it says Cosecha 2003, which means from the 2003 harvest. So I believe it would have been 2010. Okay. I would, All right, so I would actually years on love that. to smoke that because I got to know what Colin thinks is the most perfect cigar. Well, here's how if, this is going to work. First off, it's 12 I don't years need old. it, but... But now it's 12 years old, and yes. so I might not like it as much. All right, you're going to mm-hmm. find out because you take one of those, okay. which leaves one of those left, and we're going to do this the way it should be done, and we're going to go by weight. <laughs> <laughs> and so, being that I carry the most weight on this show... You may choose <laughs> whichever, whichever you want... For weight, you pick even though the Grand the, Reserve. Even though it's called the Corona, I'm going to take the Lancero. <laughs> all right, you're going to take the Lancero. Yeah, because I believe Lanceros next- are the greatest size ever made. We all know that. Yeah, but it'd be a short Lancero. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, next in weight would be me, I would say, <laughs> and I will take that the Grand right. Reserve, which is going to leave you this. Because yeah, the other cigar would make your fingers look fat. Yes, it would. <laughs> it's a Lancero, and you know how I feel. So uh, this worked out perfectly, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, somebody in the chat room was asking if the Lancero made Fidel's fingers look fat. He kept doing it, so maybe not. Maybe yeah. he didn't have fat fingers. I do. So it's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo was the brand, while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo <coughs> cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellent. So I smoked this at the show 12 years ago mm-hmm. and took a two-pack to take home with me to smoke at another date. Mm-hmm. That other date is today, and that's the end of this. It's over. See you later. Never have it again. 
you can't buy this cigar, right? No. I think there's, you know, there are these these retailers in London and places where they put aside cigars to sell at, at uh, market prices later on. If you did buy it today, this is easily a $350 cigar. Ooh. Wow. All right. Extremely floral in the cold draw. Well, we're smoking different cigars. Well, I still should talk about my cold draw, should I not? You should. Yeah, mine's heavy on cedar. And what we're doing is saying which one for the money is so these ones uh, that they're smoking would be a hundred dollar cigar or close to it. Um, I don't know anymore with the with the price change. It's, yeah. it's thrown off my my scales. Okay, I don't know. I would guess at this size is probably if somewhere between forty and sixty dollars. Okay, between forty and sixty dollars. The last cigar you had was twenty something dollars, and the fake Cuban you got was five dollars, right? I think I paid seven. Seven? Okay. I, so I overpaid. Going to see which one is, is best for the money, right? We're going to light our cigar today with the Chroma by Lotus featuring single action, two jets angled for pinpoint accuracy and fueled by the patented Vertigo big-ass tank. At the bottom, you've got a flip-out bullet punch and easy adjustment along with a fuel window, all for the low price of $39.99. That is the Chroma by Lotus. Hey, Jonathan. While I have the camera on you, was there something you wanted to share with the well, audience today? Oh, Ed Sullivan bought me a shirt that says certified lectin free, <laughs> and I'm wearing it with pride. Well, you're smoking the Lancero and because you're lectin free. Very skinny. You're very, and LF could stand for a lot of things. Los Phenoics. What is it? Phenoic. Phenoic? Phenicula? What? Phenoic is an Italian slang word for <laughs> really? men who like men. Really? They use that in The Godfather. Yeah. All right. Jonathan wouldn't know because he's never watched that movie. Nor will I ever. That's ridiculous. It is crazy. Um, all right. Ryan Seneca wants to know the size if it's a youth medium. (laughs) (laughs) Female small. It's extra medium. (laughs) So the island ones are different all the time. Uh, So hard to say, but you can just go by the ones you've you've all had on the islands. Uh, Some are terrible, but I've actually had some. And I say, see, this is a good cigar. I even know a manufacturer who was making fake Cuban cigars. The, the manufacturer still exists today, making his own brand, which is a very popular brand out there, but they got their start making fake Cuban cigars. The Cuban cigar, fake Cuban cigars were so good, they made a brand with it. Right. You wandered into a place you weren't supposed Correct. to be. Correct. I've seen it too. There's a, is it Honduran, the manufacturer that you're thinking of? I believe they are. Yeah. The one, there's one that I know of that sent a lot of uh, fake Cubans up to the United States. Supposedly, allegedly. Yes. Well, I saw it. You myself. have to say allegedly if you're not naming names. <laughs> but I remember saying important? these are really good cigars. You should legitimately make a cigar brand, and it's out there, and it's very, very popular. Uh, and I'll leave the, leave it there. Uh, well, that, that's the that's the funny thing about a lot of these fake cigars is that some of them are delicious yeah. cigars. It's just that they're not what they purport to be. Yeah. Know? It's the it's uh, like I, I had. 
one time I had a group of uh, cigar enthusiasts from a cigar shop and the owner of the cigar shop, uh, we were all down in Cuba and the owner of the cigar shop wanted to do a nice thing for the, all the people on the group. So he brought this box of fake cigars that he bought off the street. Yeah. And uh, he was, you know, very generously handing them out to everyone at the table. And I'm just sitting there thinking, I guess I'll just shut up because what do you do? You know, people try to do this gesture, but then yeah. they, if they, th- they think they can get a deal. And sometimes it's just, People just can't resist. But then the cigars tasted good. You know, it was a good cigar made, yeah. made in somebody's living room with a stolen band on it. Yes. I remember when my first trip I ever took to Cuba was with you. And when we ended up going to um, Valdebajo, where they uh, have the farms and stuff, the man carried my bag up the stairs to uh, my room. And... I said, I got it. And he says, no, no, no. And he carried the thing up because what he wanted to do was when I got in my room, he showed me this box of Cohibas that he had, and he wanted to sell me the box of Cohiba. And I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm good. And he goes, no, it's a good price. And, it, and he wanted to end up selling, and I didn't do it. And then I told you later on in the day, the man tried, no, you know, that's, it's not legitimate. It's yeah. whatever. Part of it, you want to buy this $100 box of cigars to give the guy the $100. But then what do I do with the cigars? I'm not going to bring it back and try to give it to – because I'm bringing back cigars so I can give them to people and they're not what they're supposed to be. I feel the same way. I'd rather they took the bands off and stopped pretending that it was yes. something it wasn't. And then if he, if he wanted to sell me some cigars that his grandma made in their mm. living room or whatever, I'd say, that's a cool story. Right. Sure. Right. Right, you know, and, and and if they're good, that's you know, then it's a great cigar. Yeah. But when it when it has a, a stolen band on it, and they're trying to lie to you, yeah, it's a it, cr- you're a criminal. It, it you're a thief. Takes a away, or liar, right? Takes away the positive yes. feeling you could have about it. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, right now, it's th- time to take a peek into the asylum from our friends at Asylum Cigars. It's time for news from the insane asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true, or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Take no prisoners. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4 inches by 44 to the absolutely insane 8 inch by 80. Asylum Cigars. (laughs) And the the liberal capital of the world without argument is San Francisco, California. And that city is in a pretty shitty situation. Literally, as the city is littered with human feces. So much so, there are apps dedicated to mapping out the poor sanitary conditions. But have no fear, Democrats in the city have a plan. The city has announced to build a public toilet. Singular. One (laughs) public toilet. The cost, $1.7 million, and it'll take two and a half years to complete. And that's not only insane, it's asylum. You couldn't even make this shit up because it is true stuff. <laughs> yep. It's the craziest thing. Let's see what you did there. There we go. <laughs> um, so what role did Davidoff play uh, in, in Cohiba? It's the reason Davidoffs are not made in Cuba anymore. Davidoff wanted to be the most prestigious and the most expensive Cuban cigar. Cuba didn't like that. That's where the argument and problem started early on. And actually, the blend of Cohiba Siglo we mentioned earlier was the Davidoff blend of the past. The lawsuit claims that people think Cohiba in the U.S. is the same as Cohiba, the Cuban Cohiba. I agree. Most uh, do think that. Um, the Only the connoisseur knows that there is a difference between this cigar 
and the one you had before. Uh, in the end, the World Trade Organization treaty says no country can steal the other's trademark, but the U.S. did not enforce that as of now, and they don't enforce it when it comes to China either. So this is where this whole thing is at. As much as you don't care what the decision is that happens here, it is going to affect us with our own brands in China and other places also. So, I think I think the the story between uh, Zeno Davidoff and Cuba is is not that weird. It's, I think it still happens today. A lot of private label manufacturers will go into a cigar factory to create a brand of their own, and there's there's a learning that happens in between the two different companies. You know, a lot of times the, the cigar manufacturer learns a lot from somebody who's really good in marketing or really good in sales or something like that. And I think Cuba benefited a lot from learning from Davidoff, which, which had this great global distribution and did a great yeah. job selling the cigars. Yeah. Um, and then a fiery breakup. Mm. Not too surprising. I mean, really fiery. Davidoff famously took the old boxes in uh, Switzerland and set them in a pile in the street and caught them, set them on fire. Yeah, that was a good photo op. <laughs> we don't we don't know if there were really cigars in the boxes <laughs> or not, but it was a good photo op yeah. of, of what happened. And all of a sudden, it makes the cigars in the Dominican Republic, which was uh, very very popular at at that time, because the play was we weren't happy with the production and the quality of the Cuban cigar. So we brought it to the Dominican Republic, and now we made it, and now we're very, very happy with it. And all of a sudden, Davidoff gets as popular as it is. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, But how much of that is really, in, it, in his day, Hendrik Kellner saying, not having a problem with somebody selling something at a prestigious price point. He didn't care. That it came out of his factory. He was making Ashton at the time. That was the prestigious cigar coming out of Hanky Kellner's factory. He ends up getting a new customer, which is Davidoff, starts making cigars with them. And actually, Ashton says, we, I don't want to be here anymore if you're going to make Davidoff. Everybody wanted to be the top cigar within his factory, too. And if he, while Hanky... Uh, owned it. If if I came to Hanky and said I want to make a more prestigious brand, he would have sold it. He would have sure. sold me a cigar. That that was it. Um, but then you have the Swiss at that time. They end up jumping in and saying, "Okay, we're going to buy your factory. We're not going to have this problem ever again." So that's what you have to do if you want to stop that somebody coming out of a factory and making something better than yours. But certainly, you know, you could go to anybody's factory and say. Hey, make me a cigar, and then I charge whatever I want, charge more for it, that, which makes it believe that it's more prestigious because of the price. But does it even matter? I mean, there are, you, know, you know these factories that make lots of different brands of cigar. Do you care which is the most prestigious? Does, the, does, does it matter? Not the educated cigar consumer, it shouldn't matter, but apparently to the unknown person, they're coming in for a Christmas gift or something, and we have a $1,000 box of this and a $300 box of that, and he needs a prestigious thing to give as a gift. He doesn't know he's going to buy the $1,000 one, right? Sure, but he doesn't know what factory it comes from, or, no. or it wouldn't think badly about the number two cigar coming out of that factory. I don't, I don't know my wines very well at all, but if I needed to buy a gift for somebody that really likes fine wines and is going to know, and I go into the store, and if I'm not getting a lot of help from the guy in the wine I look at it, the bottle looks nice, the packaging, and the price is high. That's the one I think I would buy. Yeah. And that's what happens. So are, are people buying 
Davidoff because of the expense of the product? The answer is yes. Are people buying Cohiba in Cuba because it's more expensive than the Romeo and Juliet? Of course. And I'm going to buy Cohiba because obviously it's better. You, you, you've heard my argument to me. Yeah. They're all the same. But the Cohiba one is the one that's taken off. They can get top dollar. And you're telling me that they're making more Cohibas than they have ever made before. Yeah. Why would you not make, especially when there's a shortage? Well, they've shifted their tobacco allocation toward Cohiba more than the other brands because that's the one they can they can cash in on. Yeah. So they're out. But that they're, they're no different stock than, in the other ones. They're no different than every other factory. Padron has dramatically slowed down their their stock thousand series and shifted production over to sixty fours and twenty sixes so that they're not out of their most expensive, best selling brands. So if, if something's got to go, it's in that little. Delicious size, so they can make more principes. They haven't made it for two years. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Where are those delicious padrones? They haven't made them in two years. If anyone's huh? looking for them, I have one box left. In Do the you? <laughs> there you go. Um, Dave, did you want to talk Halloween for a minute? While I, we I have do. Time? I do because I I know somebody in the produce department at the Market Basket. Um, where and, the hell are you going with this? Yeah. <laughs> well, where I'm going is I want to know what Mister Jonathan's giving away for Halloween. At his house. He has a house mm. this year, and Halloween's coming. Kids well, last year I forgot that Halloween was Halloween, and I didn't turn <laughs> the light on. I had the candy. Everything was ready to go, and I just forgot. And about 8.30, half an hour after Halloween was over, I it was too late. Well, it turns but out we have a picture we of We have a picture of it. Away. We will maintain the picture for those that are watching, <laughs> and there's Dole mini salad pouches <laughs> for the kids that come over. And it's a little salad in a, no, in a those fun are size. Just for the chubby kids. I have full-size <laughs> candy bars for all the skinny kids. And if you play your cards right, Mr. J will toss the salad for you. There we go. <laughs> toss, the <laughs> toss the salad. <sighs> there you go. Call so you're okay sorry. giving lectins to little kids? There's no lectins, and that's no, lettuce. No, you said you had big candy bars. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. It was a euphemism. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> lectins. Do they have lectins in Nicaragua? <laughs> it's funny. I know about a little bit about his lectin thing because uh, Dr. Gundry, Gundry yes. is, it? Yeah. is this uh, guru in the space who, who talks about the, the lectins. And we have a lot of people like him <laughs> who buy this product that's, uh, we call it coffee fruit tea. And it's uh, the fruit of the coffee plant dried in the sun. And then people pour hot water over it to make like a tea out of it like an herbal infusion type of a thing. And it's the anti-lectin people who first sort of turned it into a big product for us. Wow. Wow. Yep. He's, he's deep in, almost <laughs> religious, like a religion. That's I really don't buy sick. anybody's product. Oh I just, God. I follow the people and I just try to get the right information so that I, what I eat makes me feel good. He's selling a $300 bottle of some oil, powdered oil. MCT powder. Yeah. Yeah, this guy is like, oh, it's like unreal. <laughs> I would never pay. Th- I would never pay that. You can get a bottle of MCT oil for like ten bucks. All right. So, but you, this is the same guy that's doing this. So, so therefore, he's he's. But a, he's, he's first a, of all, he's not breaking any laws. Second of all, <laughs> he hasn't stolen anyone's trademark. No. So he's completely legal. And if someone wants to pay three hundred dollars for powdered MCT oil that you can buy in liquid form for ten, but don't let you him think do it. Less of him. He's a fraud. How is that being a fraud? MCT oil is good for you. He's charging $300 for it, telling you that- you got to turn an oil into a powder. I'm sure that he, there's a this, process this guy, there. This guy is a legitimate 
oil, uh, snake oil still. He's a legitimate doctor too, by the way. That doesn't. He's well, a chiropractor. It's kind of a. <laughs> it's kind of a, a dehydrated snake oil. Right. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's um, I think ridiculous. Jonathan Hasib says you need psychiatric help. That's possibly true. Now, one thing I want to talk about is the color of the ash between the two cohibas is very similar. And I had said it with the Dominican version where the ash is not completely white. And a white ash is an indication that the material has combusted completely, leaving only the minerals. And when you see darkness in the ash, that is a sign that there is still carbon left. And that's a sign that the tobacco has not been worked to its full potential in most cases. So, I mean, you could certainly achieve it with an overhumidified cigar, but I don't believe this to be overhumidified. It didn't oh, feel overhumidified. Years, 12 years old. So, but the, the ash is still very dark, so uh, there's still some uncombusted material. I was here. always under the impression that dark ash is due to higher magnesium content. I was too until recently. Didier's book. You yeah. got to read it. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty great. Yeah, last I heard, Jonathan was reading it. I'm on the second book. I'm almost done. He didn't pass it on like he was right, supposed to. got to pass it on. Right now, it's time to pass on the confessional over to Barry Stein. It's time for the confessional brought to you by All Saints Cigars. It's time for the confessional. Brought to you by All Saints Cigars, featuring the All Saints St. Francis, voted the 2021 Cigar of the Year, All Saints Cigars. In the name of the Churchill, Toro, and Robusto. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. And how long has it been, my son, since your last St. Francis uh, uh, confession? It's been one week since my last confession. And what is it that you have to confess today, my son? It was the summer of 1984. I was working in J&R Pizzeria at uh, 1901 Kings Highway in Brooklyn, New York. Did you deliver pizza to five guys instead of two guys? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't that dumb. And it was coming up on hockey season. Me and my friend Matthew were thinking about getting tickets for uh, the Islanders. We wound up buying 10 tickets from my buddy's father, but neither one of us had a license. So for two and a half years, I would steal my dad's car at night drive to the island game and I didn't get caught till the week before my legal birthday where I would have had my license <laughs> wow so. that they say most people they get pulled over by the police and all that stuff mm-hmm. within two miles of their house and stuff yeah. always happens yeah I was making like $500 cash a week delivering pizza making pizza and uh, what started is 10 games eventually became half the home games at 21 and uh, from there it went to full season tickets and a week before I got my license, my dad caught me. Did you hit the gas tank and put it back where it's supposed to be and do any? Yeah, me and yeah. my buddy Matt would take turns putting $10 worth of gas yeah. in the car. Sometimes back in the day, it was $5 worth of gas because it was so cheap. Yeah. And uh, my father wasn't pissed that I stole the car, though. He was mad I never took him to a game. Oh, God. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? <laughs> well, he needs a penance. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, I've had worse. Smoke one of each Robusto, huge Toro Churchill's All Saint cigars this week. Not bad, not bad. All right, given the choice right now where we're at, we have a either um, three hundred dollar Cohiba or seventy dollar Cohiba, or the Red Dot twenty dollar Cohiba, or the Island Smoke that you paid five ten dollars for. Which one you're spending your own money? Which one are you gonna buy? Those are the three choices. Yep. 
uh, I would choose not to support the Cuban government with that $100. Um, I think that the red dot is the only legitimate choice in those three. You know, you know what you're getting. Tell him how he's wrong. What should he be doing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's taking a principled stand. I, yeah. I, I understand. You know, there are a lot of people who feel really strongly about um, politics and, and want to use their dollars to, to make the point that they want to make. And I have no problem with that. that yeah, it's not a thing out of taste, though. I want to take the politics out of it. Yeah. It, it's a money game here. Don't ask yeah. me the question. All right. Barry, All right. what's the answer? Well, which one would you smoke if, if uh, both were... Free and had never, whatever. We're free of any political incumbents. Yeah, now it's dollars. Now it's just, which one will I smoke, regardless of price? Well, because Cohiba stole, the uh, company that owns Cohiba stole all those trademarks from the family. I have to take another principled stand, and I got to go with the red dot. <laughs> so he's going red dot no matter what. I'm smoking the Cohiba because it's... It- You're smoking it because it's free. It's because it breaks up what I smoke. They're not readily available. I can't always get them. And to to, if it's seventy bucks, that's the way you're going. If yeah, once in a blue moon, like if I'm on vacation and they're both on the shelf, I'm going to grab the cookie because I can't buy it here in the states. Ed Sullivan, you used to be a big Cuban guy. Yeah, this I know is legit because the draw is horrible. Okay, so I'd rather spend ten bucks (laughs) for a cigar that draws. Wow. Which which one are you smoking? Do you have the Corona Speciale yeah. too? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can feel have, just feels like a solid stick. Yeah. I have a good draw. I lucked out. When I was eighteen, I started smoking Cuban cigars, and I remember I learned a lesson at that point in time that I that you in a I used to smoke Partagas D fours a lot when I was like eighteen, nineteen years old, and at those cigars. Um, out of any given box that I bought, about two of them were not going to draw properly. And so I decided if I was going to keep smoking those cigars, I just had to accept it and not get mad and just yeah. light up another one. And so I've just had that attitude about it. It's, it sounds ridiculous. Uh, you know, like if, if I'm talking to Nick Perdomo, he's going to say, you shouldn't, you know, you should never have it. Yeah, yeah ex- D would stand accept, for dumbass for buying them. <laughs> you should never accept that kind of thing. But at the same time, there, there's a different taste to it and i just yeah. factor it into the price I, I figure everything costs about 10 percent more because you're going to throw away 10 percent yeah. or something yeah. like that is this cigar performing as you remember it or did it, 12 years aging is it no you know i mean at the time it was it was a perfect cigar for me now it's it's 12 years old ish something yeah. like that um so it is aged you know and it's aged in exactly the way all cigars age um you know it's milder it's a, it's a little bit lighter it still has those basic flavors of like um a woody, a lot of woody notes, bready, oaty. Uh, there's a very light black pepper taste to it, uh, not aggressive. Like any aged cigar, it's not going to be aggressive. Yeah. It's going to be much milder or a bit milder than than the way that it started. The sweetness is a little less than it was initially, 12 years ago. Um, I like the cigar. The problem is, you know, it, to, this is what I would call a vintage cigar, and vintage cigars are not for everybody. They're, yeah. they're not. I, I've smoked probably more than most people of those. I used to write a column about collectibles and vintage cigars, but even even with that experience, I don't like to smoke vintage cigars all that often because they're milder, they're smoother. It's a nice thing to to break things up and to try something different but it's not my sort of everyday go-to well they also run out i mean it, you, <laughs> yeah, you run out you've been sa- saving them for 12 years this yeah. is it and then they're gone yeah. right does it, does i, I it, like it, the cigar i think it's a very good cigar it's you know it's very hard to pay 350 dollars for yeah. a cigar but it, it's a very good cigar i think 
And, and to me, I would go with the Cohiba Red Dot myself that I would rather, um, even if they were very close to the same price, it's more of my taste profile anyway. I don't smoke all that many Cuban cigars anyway, um, but the Cohiba is uh, more of smooth, mild Dominican cigar, which is my go-to of it. Um, not take taking nothing away from this. I'm glad I'm smoking it. Yeah, if you if you change the verbiage to the question, so the embargo was lifted and they were both on the shelf here at Two Guys Smoke Shop, they're readily available. I would go with Okiba, but uh, Connecticut. Yeah, but they're not readily available. Right. The only time I'm going to smoke one of these is if I'm on vacation. Yeah, so that's why I'm going to bring it up. Grab it. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go to break. When we come back, uh, when will the embargo end, and how is Cuba today? I want to do a lot of that in the after show, but we'll get to some of that along with some letters in the mail and a prize to give away, the Fat Finger Countdown, and a lot more. We're live in the Toscano Cigar Soundstage. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. The following message is brought to you by Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars in the new Drew Diplomat app. Join me, Barry Stein, from the Cigar Authority on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Pavada number 9 from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android. To learn more about Drew Diplomat, visit DrewDiplomat.com. That's DrewDiplomat.com. You must be at least 21 years of age or older and a resident of the United States, including D.C. To be eligible for membership in this program, other terms and conditions apply. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Since 1989, Nestor and Mariana Miranda have subscribed to one family, one vision with Miami Cigar and Company. Since their inception, the Miranda family has fulfilled their dream by creating some of the best cigars on the market today. Cigars like Nestor Miranda Special Selection, which is produced in Nicaragua, featuring an oily Nicaraguan Habano wrapper that the Cigar Authority named their 2019 Cigar of the Year. And the Don Lino Africa, which celebrates Nestor's love of big game animals. These soft box-pressed cigars feature an authentic Cameroon binder, which creates delicious nuances and crescendos. Miami Cigar invites you to try these brands at your favorite tobacconist. You only have one life. How will you live yours? Experience the rich tradition of the legendary H. Upman brand with the latest addition to their iconic 1844 line. The H. Upman 1844 Añejo uses a rich, well-balanced blend of Nicaraguan, Honduran, and Dominican tobaccos and an extra-aged wrapper that offers a deep aroma with a bold finish. The H. Upman 1844 Añejo is sure to please adult smokers looking for a delicious, handmade, premium smoke that is aged to perfection. Surgeon General warning, tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? I'm writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. 
that Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake, Jose Dominguez. Not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, nobody's going to take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth, natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more. It's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. Hello and good afternoon. It's Randolph Churchill here. My great-grandfather would have loved the Cigar Authorities show. And we are back. We are smoking Cohiba Cubans with Colin Ganley. He knows more about Cuban cigars than anyone I know. So perfect cigar to uh, smoke with him. Um, the Cohiba, I believe, was the first Lancero cigar ever. <sighs> I think it was a popular size, um, but maybe not called Lancero. Okay. And, and even at the factory, they used to call it the Laguito Number no. 1. Yes. Right? That's the size that they still use today to, to refer to any cigar of that size, the Laguito Number no. 1. You even see some of the producers in Dominican and other places using the name Laguito Number no. 1. Laguito Number no. 1 means um, the factory, El Laguito, means the little lake, um, is the place that the cigars were made. And this was number one, as in this is the first Vitola we make here. Yeah. That's it for Fidel Castro. Well, the Cigar Authority made a Lancero for our 12-year anniversary, and we made 300 boxes of them, and uh, they, they sold very well the first day, and it's been a slow ride ever since. Are you thinking about making more? It sounds like you, you had a lot of success. <laughs> we will not make more Lanceros. We may make another cigar someday, but I promise you it will not be a Lancero. When we hit the 100 mark, we started the countdown, and it went from 97 to 94, 93, 92, 81. We had a good week there. 80 last week, and we're down to 77. Mm-hmm. There's 77 boxes left. If you want a box of them, hurry up because it's not going to go till they hit zero. I'm going to actually pull it out and stop this madness oh, pretty thank soon. God. I will. Boxes of 12 or $112. You can double up, get two boxes for $199 and free shipping. If you want to go for three, it's $259. They're on twoguyscigars.com. They on the Sky Authority also? Um, they were at one point. Maybe that's why they slowed down. They were at one point. You're the only one who yes, touches the they, website. They, How do you not know if you took it down? They still are. I told you I'm dealing with short-term memory. <laughs> that's not short-term. It was a year ago. Speaking of years, maybe they'll be vintage cigars by the time you're done selling them. <laughs> maybe. They will be. But we have uh, three. You're going to hear three emails now. We're going to pick the best of the three emails and give them a prize. Mr. Jonathan, what do you have here? So this week's prize is brought to you by Vega Fina. And uh, this week you're going to receive some Bluetooth headphones, a uh, wallet that sticks to the back of your phone, and a glass bottle that may or may not contain lotion. It I've been, doesn't. I've <laughs> been told that one in 100 of those bottles has lotion in it or, or may have been on it. 
we only have three, four of these for the whole <laughs> so month. So the odds are not in your favor of getting the lotion. I just want, I want to report on the facts. All right. The following message was submitted through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com. And Gil writes, The Alfonso Mystery. Hmm. My friend was in Paris last week for the launch of the new regional edition of the K. Dorsey Cigar by Habanos S.A. Interestingly, Alfonso, Nelson Alfonso, was at the event as well, being the man behind that newly released blend and being introduced as such by the people from Habanos. Hmm. It would be interesting to get the backstory. I also wonder if he just switched the bands and put his Alfonso seal on his new Alfonso cigars that he just released in the United States. The timing is interesting. The two <laughs> launches at the same time? Please smoke the two cigars at the same time and tell me I'm right. I want to see Barry crying, realizing he gave 102 to a Cuban cigar. <laughs> <laughs> so, Quedorce was Spain only? Is that a Spain French. only? That was France. France. Oh, France only? France only. Uh, I don't know anything about that. I, I can ask him. Is there something here? So, and Nelson was there? Yep. That's what he says. Wow. Hmm. I'll take that, and I'll get you information on that anyway. Unless so, he wins, and i got to give Barry that to Barry for one second so okay. we can take a picture of it. All right. So that's uh, Gil wondering. Question from Gil. Another message through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com. I'm truncating this thing because it's two pages. Oof. So yes, I'm please. Just getting you should to, do that to everything. <clears throat> I'm getting to the nitty-gritty here. It should lose just for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, don't even read it. He's going to lose. I've been, I've been looking for a reason to write in, though I was not sure I would have enough of the American Idol sob story that everybody feels the need to accentuate. I have something I'd like to touch on. First, Barry, though, uh, though Mr. Jonathan might bust your balls about the cigar tasting like a concussion, <laughs> I feel like off the cold retro hail, I had a different description. I did not get back deck or icy steps, but what I did get was, well, let me set the mood. You know when you get home from shopping and you walk into your bedroom and you sit down with that new box in front of you and you open it and the smell of new store emanates from your calf-high Burberry pointed toe pumps? <laughs> I don't know it either, but I'm sure Mr. Jonathan does, and that's what he was really hoping to taste. Mm. I'm making fun of you buying women's clothing. <laughs> One pair of high heels. I am going to get a second pair, though, lower. Stephen writes through the contact us page of thecigarauthority.com. I got fired today. Oof. Mm. I got fired today after 30 years of a very successful car sales career. Wow. I truly respect Dave's business expertise. After all, he wrote the book. At the beginning of this month, I started telling customers that despite our cars being excellent, they don't sell. For some reason... This did not seem to bring success. Then finally, I got my first sale of the month. Shortly after, my manager fired me. I have a suspicion that the customer told him I had suggested that the car might make him look fat. Ah. <laughs> Don't worry about me, for I have a plan. I'm going in tomorrow to suggest a great sales campaign. Buy a car, get a meatball made by our parts manager. I'm sure they will rehire me on the spot. Your fan, Stephen, from Highland, New York. So, Stephen, this only works if you own the place. <laughs> you can't pull this shit off on, with somebody else's money. So that's what I would say there. Uh, interesting, though, what he did there. I liked it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he, he can have it. We got to pick a winner. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it to him. I say yes. Well, that's three. Stephen, what do you say? If it's three, it doesn't matter. I thought they all sucked, but yeah. Oh, boy. I'll go with three. 
All right. You didn't, like the, you didn't like the concussion guy, and I <laughs> held on to Gil here to find his answer out. Um, so that is that. The after show, we're going to talk about will the embargo end? How is it going in Cuba? And how do you take a trip to Cuba? And we got the guy with us. Colin is going to give us all the information hmm. because uh, if you want to go to Cuba, this is the guy to see. That's the guy I went to, and that's the guy you should go and to. And it worked too. out for you. Worked out fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it's Seth, more, it's, uh, well, you it's got yourself in trouble. I got in trouble, and uh, it all worked out in the end. It did. Yeah, it worked out while for we were there people, too. For most people, I guess yeah. a couple of people <laughs> sure. are still missing. That's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it is true. Um, so that that'll be uh, the after show. But we got time. Let's get to the classic three way, and that's brought to you by Classic Cigars. It's time for This Day in Classic History, brought to you by Classic Cigars. Classic Cigars are now the most affordable cigar brand in America. Priced as low as $2.99 for the Corona and still under 4 bucks for the 6x60. Classic Cigar has something for everyone. The Classic Connecticut is light and smooth. The Classic Maduro is bold but never overpowering. Classic Cameroon sits somewhere in between with hints of sweetness. And the Classic Cuban is a real knockoff with flavors of old-time Havanas. Classic cigars are sold in cost-saving bundles of 20 and sold in five great sizes. Classic Cigars, the most affordable premium handmade cigar in America. Classic Cigars. All right, today is my grandson James's half-birthday. Does that count? Sure. sure. He's one and a half. To him, it probably does. It does. But, uh, all right, let's not go with that. But Barry is our champion. Last week, Barry got six points out of five questions. Six points in five questions. And nobody else got any points because it was the concussion. No, I Jonathan, need to bang my head more Jonathan, often. Jonathan, I think, got yeah, two. Yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. He got some. Oh, exact tie with him, right. too. All right. So, Colin, this is uh, – you're going to get a question. It, you you pick the year without going over. Make sure you it's, write it down. No cheating. It's Mr. Jonathan, you, and Barry, and you can go to Ed Sullivan if you want any help. Uh, he's there for your assistance. If we're on, I have five We're, we're going to find out how Barry's concussion is doing. <laughs> yeah. Five questions, no tiebreakers, the same as last week to see what ends up happening. So, ready? Born today. John M. Garofalo, the late brother of David Garofalo, the other guy from Two Guys Smoke Shop. My brother's birthday is today. What year was he born? And it starts off with Barry. What do you got, Barry? 1956. 56, he says, Mr. Jonathan. 1947. 47. And Strategically, call. I'm going to say 1940. 40. It was 53. Oh. So 47 was Mr. Jonathan at 47. Whew. He was uh, seven years older than me. And uh, that goes for one point for Mr. Jonathan. So Barry is not going to get a shutout, that's for sure. Over to Mr. Jonathan. Born today, Kate Jackson. Mm. She was famous role as Sabrina Duncan in the, in the 70s TV series Charlie's Angels. Jackson also starred in a number of other TV series, including The Rookies and The Scarecrow and Mrs. King, mm. which she also produced. Kate Jackson, born today. 1955. 55. Do you know who she is? Oh, yeah. Yeah? I used to watch Scarecrow and Mrs. King okay. when I was a kid. Mm. All right, Colin, what do you got? 1950. 
1963. 63. Everybody is over. Everyone is over. 1948. Wow, oh, she looks great for her age. When's the last time you've seen her? Scarecrow, Mrs. King? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Okay, over to Colin. Born today, Wyona Horwitz. Also known as? Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder. Uh, actress, best known as Linda Dietz in the comedy fantasy film Beetlejuice and the cult film Heathers and also Mr. Deeds. And kleptomaniac, right? Kleptomaniac. She was born in Wyona, Minnesota. Mm. Mm. Wyona Ryder. And Wyona is her real name, and she changed the other name. Isn't it Winona? Yeah, yeah it, it is. Winona. But you just, just got to let them go. You got to roll with it. You <laughs> just let them go with it. I'm from Minnesota. Um, I think that she was born in 1959. 59. Uh, Barry. 68. 68. 69. 69 for the point, Mr. Jonathan. 71. So Mr. Jonathan has two points. Colin has zero. Barry has zero. Barry's cured. I'm cured. We don't like when this happens, but it happens. Uh, over to Mr. Jonathan again. Uh, Richard Dreyfus, American actor. He was in ba- Jaws, Barry. Nuts. Yeah. Barry, yeah. Mr. Um, Richard Dreyfus. He was in Jaws, Nuts, Mr. Ho- Holland's Opus. O- Mr. Holland's Opus. Yes. <laughs> what about Bob is how I know him. Uh, born in Brooklyn, New York today. 38. 1938, he says. 1942. 42. 1943. For a point, 47. So Colin's on the board. Barry is cured. And <laughs> Mr. Jonathan is in the lead. Mr. Jonathan, last question. You are in the lead. Two points if you get it exact, by the way. Barry, you know that. Mm-hmm. Um, Colin, Amer- did you know that? I now know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. American crime boss, Whitey Bulger who was the head of the Boston Winter Hill Gang, was the leading figure in organized crime in the late 60s and through the 90s. He was beaten to death by fellow in, uh, inmates in prison today. I don't want to oh, know the year Jesus. he was born. I want to know when he was beaten to death led with in that. prison. I should have. Uh, what year was he beaten today? Beaten to death in prison. What year was Scared that? Scared to death to go over, so I'm going to say 2003. 2003. That's pretty grim. <laughs> um, let's say 2005. 2005. I thought it was more recent. 2015. 2018. Mm. Mr. Jonathan is our champion. Everybody's on the board, but Mr. Jonathan is our champion. This really happens. I say it each time it does. But here you go, Mr. Jonathan. Congratulations. You're on the board again. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. <laughs> you have. Uh, what do you think of your cigar? Cuban cigars. We're smoking Cuban cigars. Is this illegal for us to do this, by the way? It, I think uh, with media, as media, media it appears to be okay. <laughs> with media. Well, would you, you consider this media? You shouldn't laugh about it because otherwise it's illegal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're media. <laughs> we're just reporting on the well, facts. I think, strictly speaking, it's illegal to purchase them, but maybe not smoke them. It, it depends on your use. Media seems to be this exemption because mm. Cigar Aficionado for years has been bringing <laughs> sure. them into New York and, and smoking them and had, has not had a problem with it. And as the editor for Cigar Journal. Mm-hmm. Which you, I used to be, yeah. You did it. Yeah. You were living in the United States. Part of the time, yeah. 
Yeah, so it was it was under the explanation of it was for media purposes. It was so the there's a lot of there are a lot of things that are allowed uh, that Americans are allowed to do with with interaction with Cuba in in order to sort of promote democracy and promote an understanding of Cuba amongst Americans. And so that's why media gets a kind of a broad exemption to understand and experience Cuba is to be able to report that back to the rest of us here in, in the United States about it. And that goes as far as including as, as enjoying pleasurable things. Right. Sometimes it's not being in the, <clears throat> in the middle of where they're shooting rockets off yeah. and stuff like that. So I can get a prostitute because I'm media. Is that... <laughs> um, if you do, we're doing if a I'm story on prostitution, if I'm reporting on it. Um, I think that it's still against other laws. I don't think prostitution is legal in either of the places that you're thinking ah. about engaging in it. But Dave, have you? Well, how do you know where I was thinking about? <laughs> I never have. No, I haven't. No, I, that wasn't the question. Okay. <laughs> have you ever received a Cuban cigar from Cigar Journal? Never. No. Not, uh, not they don't send them here. No. 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 We, we don't know until they tell us what yeah, they but have. But we've they never had one come ne- up. Never had one come up, no. And you would, if you smoke any Cuban cigars at all, you'd know whether it had a band or not that it was Cuban just from Most the, of the taste time. of it. I mean, you know, it's not perfect. No, nobody, can, nobody can get it right 100% of the time. But yeah, typically. It has a very unique flavor yeah. profile, though. Yeah, they're never strong. They're always very aromatic. They tend to be woody. Well, floral you know. at times. Yeah. Over the years, has it changed? You've been doing us a long time. When did you start? Uh, around so, around the year two thousand. Okay, nineteen ninety nine. Around In there. The year two thousand. Yeah, so twenty twenty two yeah. years. I yeah. think you're, you're an expert. So, no so you had the real ones before the wrapper changed. Then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've smoked them from all over the place. I did a little project where I tried to get. Um, the the raw tobaccos not raw but the tobaccos from all the different growing regions in order to taste what they taste like because habanos never wants you to smoke uh, tobaccos that aren't a cigar so they want you to smoke a monte cristo the way a monte cristo is mm. but the thing is a monte cristo is made with tobaccos from havana province from pinar del rio possibly from central cuba different places like that the wrappers started coming from the isle of youth and i wanted to know what all those things tasted like so there's been, uh, I've kind of been tasting around for about 23 years, and, and has there been changes? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. You know, the di- like this, uh, this hurricane that just went through Pinar del Rio affected a bunch of people. The curing barns, a lot of the curing barns are destroyed, and uh, we'll just have to see if people can get them back up in time. Wow, so you're probably one of the few people to be, to be able to do that and try the tobaccos from each growing region. You could actually blend a Cuban cigar. Yeah, probably. I mean, I like the I like the tobaccos from um, the southern part of Havana province. There's a place called San Antonio de los Baños, which is where where they actually cultivate all the seeds to maintain all the seed varieties. That's where the library is, where they keep all the old seed varieties that have ever yeah. ever grown in Cuba. And they have a little little fields there where they keep planting them, so they always have fresh seeds. To, so they could replicate any of the seeds that they got in their library at any given time um and that that tobacco is often used in boulevard and other cigars that they want to taste really strong the cuban because you know cuban cigars are not as strong as the stuff we're used to from central america right yeah but if you use that tobacco it's as strong as cuban tobacco gets in any of the commercial products and it's delicious there's some great stuff out there but you know Cuba's very closed and and they, they they've they've asked me to to talk and lecture about different things at the festival and be a judge for the Habano Sommelier competition ah. but never to get involved with tobacco itself that's just for the selected group of people who are allowed to do that 
All right, I want to get deeper into that um, on the after show, so stick around with us uh, for about 20 minutes after. You're good? Sure. the after show. Okay, um, next week, um, we're going to go from corporate to independent. Rick Rodriguez went from uh, an executive with General Cigar to West Tampa Cigar Company, which he uh, now owns and has a little cigar brand out there. We're going to bring him on, talk about the differences and changes and things that happen there. But until then, you have been listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And it's quite possible that you learned something today which makes you The Cigar Authority. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.